Well, hello there, fellow travelers, and welcome to The Unbroken Ground. My name is Paul, and thank you for joining me for another episode. Or if this is your first time, there's a lot you could listen to, and I'm glad that you have chosen to listen to this one. Uh, this is going to be episode 35, and we're going to talk about leadership. I've um, just been mulling some things around in my my head, um, just working through some things. And so, um, yeah, the, the uh, title of the episode is going to be, Is All Leadership Just Manipulation? And um, just kind of talk through just some thoughts that I've been having, working through my own kind of style and, and seeing how leadership works or how I want leadership to work or how I hope leadership works um, as well as that. So um, there we go. Leadership this week and maybe for the next couple of weeks, just uh, kind of talking through that concept. So thank you for joining me again. Always, if you have any comments, you can find me on Facebook at uh, the unbro- at facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground. You can always email me at the unbroken ground at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram and threads um, now uh, at the unbroken ground. So, uh, yeah, thanks for checking this out and I hope that you enjoy. So as I said, I'm just uh, thinking this week about leadership and um, the idea of what it takes to be a leader and, and what it is and, and um, what I think about it. Um, so uh, one of the things that um, – reason one of the reasons I'm thinking through it is that I'm, I've been listening to, reading through a book called Influence, um, which just talks about how to basically um, influence people um, – and get them to do what you want them to do, uh, and how there is that we are hardwired uh, in certain ways to do that. Um, and so those that can learn those uh, ways um, or learn those those tricks or special ways to influence can be be more effective at it. And um, and I just and I think um, what I my question. Um, that that comes from that as I think through this idea of like, hey, here's some here's some specific particular special ways that that we know science has proven that you can influence people by uh, using these these techniques. Um, it it becomes a question for me, um, and I'm I'm not um, definitely not something I've settled on or something like that, but just just becomes a question for me of like, well, well. Is that kind of knowledge, um, is it, how, how close does it get to manipulation? And along with that, the question is, sh- should we be manipulative? Um, is that just another word for influence? And, and is that just another word for leadership? Like, like as leaders... Should we understand the science of why people do what they do? Should we use those tricks? Should we, um, should we pull out everything? Should they be a tool for us uh, to get people to do what we want them to do? Um, and it's, it's just an interesting thing. It's an interesting topic to me uh, because it's, it's hard because I have a very negative um, reaction to the idea that that there are ways that you can manipulate people 
um, to do what you want them to do without them even realizing it, without them just, just having this like, oh, yeah, well, if you use this method or if you use this skill, you can manipulate people into to doing what they may or may not would have done. Um, and that idea of uh, it, it seems uh, on the surface disingenuous. Um, it seems... Uh, as kind of like a shortcut um, to to being a leader, um, kind of like a cheat code. And and I think that that's kind of where my struggle lies, um, because I because ideally what I hope that um, a leader is is someone who has proven themselves uh, worthy of being followed. Um, and I I was just. Uh, this this over this weekend, somebody asked me uh, about um, the church that I go to, and we were just talking about it. And he goes, he goes, yeah, tell me about your pastor. Like, what what is it? What do you like about him? Or or, or is he good? Uh, and I was like, well, and it, it just it just dawned on me that um, the reason I like my pastor is because I love his heart. Um, he's a good pastor. He's a good preacher. Um, he's a good speaker. He. He, he's a good leader, um, but, I, but, I, but I believe all of that because of all of that flows out of his heart, and his heart is, um, to, be, is to bring people to know who God is. His heart is, is to love people, is to love the, the people around him, to love the city, to, and, and because that's his heart, all those other things, like um, the, the speaking he does from the stage is is an outpour, is, is an overflow from, from the things that he has in his heart. And so he's not just you know, good at, at uh, you know, putting together sermons and crafting these ideas and, and casting vision. Um, he's good at those things, but, but, but more than anything um, for me is that I see his heart behind it. Um, and, and I think that can be one of the most difficult things for pastors because especially as you get into um, a larger congregation, if you get into bigger churches, um, it's harder for people to see your heart. Um, and, and because in a lot of ways, you can't um, take shortcuts to show people your heart. You can't manipulate people into knowing your heart. You can't influence people into knowing your heart. Um, and so... You have to, it's just, it's time spent, it's time shared, it's, it's, it's seeing um, how you, how, how this person reacts and, and, and how this person loves and how this person is, and not just from the stage or in a meeting or in, in an official capacity, but very much so um, in this idea of just just who are they as a person and who are they and where's their heart? And I think, and so that's what I, that's what I told this uh, person that was asking me about. It. I said, it's his heart. That's, that's what's so good. And that's why um, the way that he leads is good. It, it's not because he's a good speaker. It's because he's a good leader, uh, but because he has a good heart. His heart is in the right place. His heart, where, where the leadership comes from is is good and and he has a a firm foundation a strong foundation a strong understanding of 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 his heart and and god's heart and and he leads from that place um and so but 
but sometimes that's just a such a very slow developing realization for people um and it can be lost um it can be it it's not it's not guaranteed um, some people won't see it um and so there is this idea like it of okay how do i get people to do what they what i want them to do in in this case you know as as a leader as a manager how do you get your employees to do what you want them to do um and you don't have any basically sticks and and so you guys in case you don't know what that is like there's carrots and there's sticks and so the stick is there's this idea of how do you get the donkey to go right you you have a carrot that you put out in front of them and the donkey's like oh that's a sweet reward i want that carrot and so you put it out you hang out in front of them and so then they and so they move because they're they're walking for the carrot or you have a stick and you have to you know you beat the donkey because of the pain you're like look you you either do what i want you to do or, or there's pain involved and, and those are kind of and that's kind of like the paradigm for for a lot of leadership um, especially with authority, um, is, is this kind of this idea that uh, if you have authority that's been granted to you by, by position, so you get to be manager, you get to be a director of something, you have authority that is granted to you just by the, the virtue of your position, um, you do have some of those things at your disposal. So for example, if you're a manager and you're managing your employees, you can say, look, you will do these things or you won't work here anymore. Um, and which is a very, that's, I mean, in the secular world, especially that's, that's something that, um, very much happens all the time. A manager says, you, you follow these, uh, steps, you do these things or you get fired. Um, and, and so then the employee has a choice. They can either do what they're told and do that, um, or, or they can get fired they, or they quit or, um, and so that's a very like stick driven kind of relationship. Um, and, and that becomes, uh, that becomes a little bit harder when you start talking about ministry because ministry, um, does not like to work in the same kind of stark, uh, relationships. We don't like the sticks. Um, and, and, and I'm not, not that, that we should, um, not that we should, should be like, look, I have authority and you will listen to my authority and you will follow me just because I have this position. And if you don't, you get fired. Sometimes that does happen in ministry, but a lot of times we, we don't, we don't want to, cause it doesn't. Um, really reflect, we think, I, I would think, I would say, I'll come out and say that, that as I sit right now, and then how my understanding, it doesn't reflect a good leader. It doesn't reflect a good leader who only has authority because of the position that's been given to them. And so in order to enforce that authority, they only have the sticks. They only have the pain. They're like, you do what I want or I'll inflict pain upon you. And that could be emotional pain. That's, you know, we generally don't have physical pain in, 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 uh, uh, um, <laughs> in jobs that adults are working in. But it is emotional pain, financial pain, um, psychological pain. You will do what I say or there will be consequences. There's, there's pain. And so that's how they use um, their authority and their influence to do that. On the other side, um, there is, there's the idea that you have um, the carrot. And so you say, look, hey, if you do these things, then you get a bonus. You get more money. You'll get a, you'll get a raise. You'll get a promotion. Like you're, if, you, if you do the things that, that I say, then, then there are good things that you get. 
Um, and again, you know, that works a lot in the secular world because it's like, hey, look, if you do these things, you get more money. And, 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 you know, if your motivation is to get more money, then you're like, yeah, tell me how to get more money. And then, wow, I'll get more money. I'll do the things you want me to do. And so that's another, that's, that's another way to use authority, to use influence, is to do that. But again, ministry, that becomes hard because we just, we don't have just, we're not just sitting around with lots of extra money to hand out. Um, and so, and, and most people, um, 99.9999999999% of people who are in the ministry are not doing it because they are money motivated, um, you know, there are people who are money motivated that are just like, yeah, I, I can, I will be the best salesperson because I want to make the most amount of money. And they're, they're motivated by that idea of, of making money. But, but when you move into ministry, there's a lot of people who are not motivated by that, 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 that they just like, I mean, I'm in ministry and I would say, I would never turn down more money. Like if you're like, Hey, we want to pay you more. I'd be like, ah, no, thank you. No, I, I wouldn't do that. But I also am going to work just as hard, whether you pay me more, or pay me less. You're not you're not going to change the um, the level of work that I'll give uh, based on money because my my money is not my motivator. Um, and so again, in ministry it can be hard because you don't necessarily have those um, those those uh, sweet influences those sweet those carrots that uh, allow you to influence people. And so you you're like, all right, well how how do I influence people? Um, and, um, you know, the, or how do I lead people? And, and so there's ideas, um, that I'm thinking about or thinking through is this idea of influence, which is that, um, you use your relational intelligence, your relational currency, um, to get people to, to do the things you want them to do. Um, and, and there, and the struggle that I, as I, as I was saying earlier, that I come back to is that there are some psychological tricks. There are some human behaviors. There's some learned um, uh, things that we know that science has discovered to say, hey, if you do this, um, people will be more willing to do what you want them to do. If you say this thing, if you use these words. Um, and, and I think that um, where I sit now and I have not finished, um, learning about all of this. And so I, maybe I should hold off my opinion until the very end. But where I sit now is that I just worry, um, that we are too willing, we're too willing to take shortcuts to get people to do what we want them to. And we're not willing to put in the relational work that we need to, and the care that it takes uh, to get people to, to do the things we want them to do. The, the time it takes to explain why and to, for them to catch a vision, to catch, catch a heart. Um, a lot of times, uh, as leaders, we've, we've already decided that, that we've made the, made the decision on what all, the, how, all the things or the way things are going to go or the change that's going to happen. And because we have already worked our way through that, um, we have to remember that the people who are on the other side are, are, are not. And, and, and this goes back to, and this, I'm starting, I'm going to, I'm going to veer way off topic here or a little bit of a different course here. 
which is not unusual for me, uh, but still, um, you go back into the cycle of, of change. So if you look at leadership, and you, especially if we talk about like church change, um, but, but anything, what happens is, is that leaders go first, and, and they, they, they look into all the things that need to change, and they, they, they grieve the loss of uh, the way that it was, and then they, and then they take the, the, the breath and they, they take the plunge of change. And it's kind of like a roller coaster. And so what happens is that leaders go up through, they've already, they've already worked through all the what-ifs, they've already worked through the questions, and now, and now they are down the other side, and they're like, hey, we're going to make this change. But all the people they're leading haven't made the, haven't crossed through all the same questions, emotions to get to the side where they're ready to change. And so leaders a lot of times feel um, slighted or feel that people rebel against them because they have already emotionally gone through and they're ready for the change. And there are people that are not. And so those people are pumping the brakes and going like, hold on, hold on. We need to, we need to look at this. And, And that's not necessarily wrong. Sometimes that the the people are right to say, hey, we need to we need to take a second look. We need to pump. We need to hold on. We need to we need to wait. Um, we need to we need to pause and, and we need to ask some more questions about this. Yeah, I, I need a little bit more information before I'm ready to cross the chur- the curve of uh, moving from the way it was to the way it will be. Uh, and as leaders, we have to understand that. We have to understand that we just because we have already gone through the grieving process of losing the way that it was and, and the changes that had to be made and we've, we've, we've uh, settled on our hearts the decision to move forward with this change, that we are far, far, we're far out in front of most of the rest of the people, especially in our congregations and in, in the places that we work. And, and when, we, um, when we don't realize that, um, that's, that's when we, we become, uh, that's when things like, um, rebellion happens. Uh, people, people, uh, when you leave people behind and you don't come back to lead them through the change, you, and you just go, yeah, well, that's the way it's going to be. And if anybody has any questions, then, then how dare you to question my authority? How dare you? This is, I mean, and, and spiritual leaders do it even, can do even worse. They can do even more damage because they can be like, well, this is what God says. This is what God has told me. This is where God's leading me, which is great. But be the good shepherd. Be a shepherd and go back to the flock that hasn't made the the change in their minds yet, that hasn't been convinced that the change is good, and lead them through that. But what happens is that the flock will will pull back and push back against the change, and a lot of times leaders will be frustrated and angry. They'll decide that 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 um, they can't they 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 can't work in this kind of environment. They they I, I mean I can tell you. Personal experience. When I was in just out of, out of college, um, I uh, was a youth minister slash college intern slash I worked in a music store. Um, I did a lot of things just out of college, um, but I was working there, and um, I had a good friend who was the youth minister at a church in the town I was in, and they. Um, Oh, this is this is a long time ago, and this is crazy because I, I it's just it's just so insane that we had so many wars over this. But they got into a war over um, praise and worship music versus traditional music, and 
um, they were trying to figure out how best to, to navigate that. And the, uh, they, they, the deacons, they met, they, they kind of came up with a plan. They, they worked through that. They were moving forward. Um, and they were going to vote on it. And so the pastor basically um, got up one, one Sunday morning and said, Hey, um, I don't like loud music. I don't like this praise and worship music. So um, if you vote for um, this loud music, this, this praise and worship music, um, you're voting against your pastor. You are splitting the church because I will not have it. And he sent, he sent that, I said that, and he sent out a letter saying, just, just reinforcing that. Um, and it, it split the church. Um, as, as a leader, uh, he was not willing to change. So at this point, it was a leader who wasn't willing to change. He wasn't even willing. He, ba he basically said, look, you either all vote with me at 100% or I am just going to resign. And and he did for a bit, and and then of course the the deacons came back and were like, hey, we don't we don't really want you to resign, and and but it split the church basically, and um, and it was just just a reminder of it's just a it's something to look back on and think about how is that glorifying to God, like how was that argument over what kind of music we, they were going to have, how is that affecting whether or not they're reaching people. It, it was, it was solely, it became a, it became solely a ego driven decision where the pastor was like, I'm your pastor. You will do what I say, or I won't be your pastor anymore. Which is, you know, spiritual abuse. Like pastors should be praying and seeking and, and should have, and should be following God and God should be leading them in places. But they're, they're, they're not perfect. They're not immune to being wrong. Now he, they, he may have said, you know, he, he, there's so many other ways he could approach it, but he basically just was like, look, I, if you vote against me, then you're wrong. And I don't want to be your pastor. And, and that's just no way to be a leader. There's just no way to be a leader. So coming back in, the idea is how do we bring change in people? And, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago because I think that it, it, it's so connected. Um, one of the things that, you know, we're talking about how do we change people? One of the things I would say is that the Holy Spirit is who's in charge of changing people to be more like Jesus. And I can, I'm not in charge of that. Um, as a leader, I, I have to figure out how best to, to, to bring people to the place where they can meet with God or, or to the place where they're doing the things that the company needs. So, so I have a responsibility to that, to be a leader. Um, and an authority um, is, is not the catch-all because authority only works with authority Let's say this. Authority generally works best when there is fear. Authority be, be, generally works best when there is fear. When, when one, one party has more power than the other. Um, and so, so that's when authority 
authority works best. I mean, if you think about it, like if you're a coach and you have the decision on to like where whether or not a player gets to play or not, that is a, some pretty intense authority over that player. So that player should should does feel that, and they're like, you should do what the coach says because if you don't do what the coach says, well then you don't get to play. Um, and that's the same thing. Like a lot of like the secular world uses that authority in the same way of saying like you will do what I say or you won't get the job, you won't get money, you won't you you'll get fired. Um, but but that doesn't necessarily work in ministry. I mean, there are some very there are some places where you're like, hey, here's the things you have to do. You don't do these things and you get fired. You know, if you're the pastor and they're like, you're gonna preach on the Sunday and you're like, no, I don't think I will. Then you're probably not gonna last. Um, that's just one of those things. Um, but, but authority becomes less useful because most people aren't, you're, you're not able to do those kind of things. Uh, you're not able, you're not able to use the same levers and the same systems that, that the, uh, that the rest of the world is. Plus... Authority um, is, is not the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, of course, says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. No, no, no man is greater than his teacher. And the teacher got down and washed the disciples' feet. If we're going to be servant leaders like Jesus, then we do have to figure out what that looks like. And we do have to figure out how that works. And I think that the struggle with servant leadership is that it takes time and it takes vulnerability to let people learn who you are, to, to know that you, that you care for people, that you, that you hope for people, that you want to see them succeed. And I, and I, and I'm hesitant as that I want to be a servant leader. I'm hesitant to learn anything that feels like manipulation. That feels like a, like a shortcut to that, that relationship. I, I don't know that it's wrong. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of this like age old, um, struggle, you know, is, is it a tool, um, Knowledge is really not good or evil. A tool is not really good or evil, but it's it's how we use it. Um, in and I think that the the I guess as I think more through it, as I continue to think through it, I begin I, I begin to just ask that question: like, is leadership manipulation? Is all leadership manipulation? Like is, is are we just is our leaders just working to get people to do something that they don't want to do, or are they or or to get to a place that they do want to do it but they just don't even know it yet? Are they so so like there is this question of like there's a negative connotation to manipulating people. Um, I mean I think you have to at least very seriously consider the idea that there, there is a line that you cannot, you should not cross as a leader in manipulation. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's, it is 
wise to consider things like cult leaders um, or other leaders who use these specific techniques to get people to do what they want them to do, um, but their, their, their intentions are not good. And, and we have to be careful of that. And, and I think that in the end, leadership just simply comes back to, comes back to the heart. And, and you can learn as many manipulate and influential tactics or manipulation tactics. You can even be, have a very evil heart and people will, will follow you, especially if you're telling them what they want to hear. And, and, and people will even do terrible things underneath your leadership. But that's not the kind of leader that I want to be. And so I think it does, it does uh, warrant investigation. Not that I'm saying that, oh, you learn a few influential tri- tricks, you suddenly become you know, David Koresh from, from Waco, or you become um, Jim uh, Jones from uh, the Jonestown Massacre. Um, he, he, that's, not, that's not, I guess, I'm trying not to go overboard. But I think it's very important for us to realize that as leaders, I think we have to think about, we have to consider that who we are as a leader is formed by who we are in our hearts. So we can use certain tools, we can use certain techniques. And, and even if, if in some hands it would be manipulation, in other hands it would just be using a tool to help accomplish the things we need, we need to accomplish. But I think it only it only works if, for me, and again, I haven't finished thinking through all of this, uh, but it only works if you come at the whole task of leadership as a servant leader, as, as someone who has come to serve and not be served. And, and for Jesus, I mean, Jesus realizes that the human world would set him up as a king. And in fact, there's a whole story where the people, um, Jesus has fed them. And, and, and so they're like, let's make him king. This dude can make food just appear out of nowhere. We won't be hungry ever again. Let's make him king. And Jesus sneaks away. He, he slips away. Um, because he's that's he's not about that. He knows that's not he's not here to be a heaven. He's not here to be an earthly king. He's here to be our king for eternity and heavenly. But he's not here to be king, by, of some earthly kingdom. I mean that's what Satan offered him, and he he, he turned that down. Um, and and even his disciples, his followers, his closest followers are like Jesus. Put me in authority. Let and and so you know you have. Uh, James and John's mom, right, comes to Jesus and says, let my son sit on your left hand and your right hand. Those, those seats of authority, let them be second in command. They're not going to be you, Jesus, because you're the, you're the top dog, but, but let my sons have authority. And, oh, man, did that make the other disciples mad. <laughs> man, did that, that, they were angry. Why? Because they wanted those places, Right? They wanted those. They wanted to have that authority. Like, yes, 
ruling sounds amazing. And yes, Jesus, we won't be number one, but number two is fine. I'm okay with number two. That's a pretty good jig. That's a pretty good gig. Um, and, I, and I think we have to remember that our hearts are deceitful. And our desires are deceitful and our minds will play tricks on us. And so if we get caught up in what it is to be a leader and, and, and using the latest trick or gimmick or manipulation and, and we lose the sight of what it means to be a servant leader, um, then, then we're going to face difficulties and we're going to face trouble and we're going to have to lean on the things that, that we don't want to lean on. Authority and carrots and sticks. Because people won't follow a servant leader if they can't see the truth in their hearts. If they can't actually see that they're servant leaders at all. People want to follow a good shepherd, a shepherd who takes care of them. But if they can't see that, then they'll each go their own way. We'll have judges, right? We'll have, we'll have everybody deciding what's right in their own eye. So yeah, what do you think? What do you think about leadership? What are, what are the keys to being a good leader? What are the keys to being a good servant leader? Might, might be considering that more on future podcasts. Maybe I'll have some guests on. But I do think that, um, I do, I do think that it's important to think through if influence and manipulation have a place in servant leadership. If, if it's expedient, is it okay? If it's done with the right heart, is it okay? Is it, if it's the wrong thing but done with the right heart, is it okay? I think those are still questions I want to, to think through and, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think through them and talk about them next week. Maybe I'll just think through them in my head. Um, but but it is it is how how do you lead people and get them to do the things that you need them to do that they need to do um, without having authority that's that's based on fear that that human authority that that Jesus talks about he says you you lord it over each other um, but rather an authority that comes from being the good the good servant leader the good shepherd the the one who um, would leave the 99 for the one, the one who would show and reveal their hearts to those that would follow so they would be like, yeah, I want to follow that person because I know their heart, they're taking care, they want to take care, I know where they want to go, I know what they want to take care of people, and I know they're going to take care of me. And and it takes some vulnerability, and I think that that's hard because leaders are like, I don't know if I can be vulnerable because what if people see who I really am and they don't want to follow? And I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe if people really see who leaders are, they'll go, oh, I don't want to follow. But maybe that's better than presenting a fake picture of who you are. Presenting a fake you and having people follow that and you have to live up to that. Maybe it's just a case of being a servant leader just takes vulnerability and not everybody's willing to be vulnerable. And and some feel like they can't be because they need authority and sometimes they feel like authority 
doesn't lend itself to be to vulnerability. I don't know. I'm gonna think about that this week. Can I think through the ideas of of what that might look like and mean? Authenticity and vulnerability and leadership and being a servant and being a servant leader and follower of Jesus. And are there things that we can learn, tips and tricks that that edge and border on manipulation but aren't aren't bad, just useful? Or if we should stay away with them from them. I don't know. I'm going to pray about that. Hope you have a, a, a great week. I hope that uh, you continue also. If you have thoughts about leadership, um, send me a message. I want to hear them. Um, as we think through what it means to, to continue to lead people in this day and age, things that you've seen that's good leadership, things that you've seen that's bad leadership, I'd like to hear about all of those. So again, you can can do that um, by finding me on Facebook, um, finding the page and putting a comment on there, sending me a message um, through Instagram, um, or send me an email. Uh, all of those ways uh, you can connect. Pray that God will um, speak to your heart this week and that uh, you will find a way to 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 think through and, and dream about what it is to be a good leader. Uh, and you continue to chase after that. God bless.